Hi guys and welcome back. We're at episode 102 today. The Pistons have me in a good mood, so let's just lead it off right away. They basically signed yesterday two guys to a one-year deal. They didn't give up anything, and they actually got a second-round pick in with the deal, too. They got Joe Harris and Monty Morris, basically just salary dumps for both teams. The way I look at this is, is you could have give, given four years 100-plus mil to a bunch of mints. Guys that are going to be in the same conversation in about two years is Josh Smith, Charlie Villanueva, Ben Gordon, Blake Griffin, the list, you know, the long list of names we have, this still 100%. This would have been a discussion if they went at Coos, they went at JG, they went at Cam Johnson. They actually did something right. You're paying Joe Harris one year, 19 mil, which is fine. Obviously, we did not want Cam Johnson if you make that trade. They also brought in Monty Morris, which ate pretty much the rest of the cap up as of now. There will probably be a trade or two, I would think, in between today and Monday. I'm not going to speculate who. I, I would think a team like the Warriors would be in on a guy like Burks. A contender would be in on a guy like Alec Burks. I think he's your most likely guy to get traded between tonight and tomorrow. But looking at what, what's in front of our face right now, this roster is not complete. They have 15 guys on, on roster right now. I know the roster's full. So there's going to be no more free agent signings. And honestly, it's a very good thing they've been quiet in that market. Because, I mean, there's a bunch of terrible contracts getting handed out. And that just makes me concerned about when you have to pay Cade. We just saw what LaMelo got. We saw what Tyrese Halliburton got. They each got 250-plus mil. Cade's extension will probably be the same as both of them. I think it's outrageous to throw a bag that big at a guy who's made one all-star game. It's crazy to me how the money's changing in the NBA right now. I think that Cade will be north of 250. Ivy will probably be around 150, 200 price tag. And Duran, who I, I continuously said on this podcast, he will be the best out of this rebuild. I still am going to stand by that take. I think he's the best player out of all. He's the highest ceiling out of the three of them. And Dern will be north of 200. So affording these guys are going to be pretty tough in a couple years, which is why I'm glad they've stayed relatively quiet in the market because it would be tough to afford any of the three guys had you gone out there and signed Cam Johnson to a ridiculous $108 million contract that he's so undeserving of. You could have given Kuzma 100-plus mil. You could have given Jeremy Grant 100-plus mil. And they actually sat there pinched their pockets and said we're going to have 60 mil plus in the bank next year is spent. And I'm all for it. I am all for it. You have a free agency class next year. It's absolutely loaded with talent. Now, granted, you're going to have to overpay for somebody, especially to play in Detroit. You're overpaying. A guy they should really take a look at next year because, I mean, we can call this offseason a wrap. They're not doing anything. They're going to run it back with pretty much the same guys. And then at deadline, I, I, I think they'll be pretty active. Um, I mean, Boyan will be here by the start opening night. I don't see a way he gets traded. I've said the whole time, I don't get the whole first-round value rumors when the guy literally was traded for Saban Lee in a second. And I think Weaver wants a first from him. He's not going to get it. That's the problem. That's why I'm looking at the Pistons roster as it is right now. 
And I'm like, Berkshire Bagley, are your odd men out? They're asking for too much for Boyan. Now, granted, I think Boyan's going to thrive in his role this year. You have shooters now out of Joe Harris and him. Two guys are going to shoot 40-plus beyond the arc. That's a huge plus for the Pistons. They did not have that last year. They had zero lights-out shooters. They actually have two right now going into the next year, which opens up the paint for Caden and Ivy and Duran to do their things. I actually really like the way the roster's constructed. That's something a lot of people are, like, bitching about. I think our starting five's constructed actually pretty nice if they keep Boyan going into the season. Like, I am all for keeping Boyan around. You need a vet. You need a guy that can score. And, yeah, I mean, you'll see a 40-point game from him, and he'll go away the next night. And then you'll see the same thing out of Joe Harris. But two guys that can shoot 40-plus from the arc with Ivy now, he doesn't have to shoot as much. Now, granted, they did make him a good shooter, which is something that I, I whined about a lot that coming into, like, the season. I was like, he's not that good of a shooter. Cade doesn't have a bum leg anymore. So you're looking at Cade, and I think Cade needs to take that leap to, like, the tippity-top of the young core players this year for his team to even do anything. But assuming that Burks is probably the guy out, and I think they're going to flip him to Golden State. Now, you know, this is no rumors that I've heard. This is just my thoughts. I think we're flipping Burks for Moses Moody. When you've looked at literally everything that Weaver has done so far, he's brought in these these guys that have busted that are still relatively young and try to get something out of them, right? Like the first one he did was Josh Jackson, then he brought in Bagley, and he actually ended up somewhat getting something out of Bagley. I think he's got more out of Bagley than I thought they would. He got Bagley, then he got Kevin Knox as part of the Duran trade, and then last year he went out there and grabbed Wiseman. Those four guys... They brought in trading off some player for a salary dump. When you look at the Warriors, it makes so much sense for them to go after a guy like Alec Burks. Their window's one year. They got one year left on this window. If they can't get it done this year, they're probably going to have to blow it up really soon. Now, granted, I know they gave Draymond four more years. Steph's still on the mega contract. Clay's still making a lot of money. I understand that. But I think a lot of people inside that Warriors organization are going to realize really, really soon that th- this is it. This is their last year of the window. It's closing fast, which is great for the NBA. We don't have to hear about the Warriors again. But what's frustrating here is, is like, if you're the Warriors, what, what do you do right now? Do you hold on to Moody? Do you hold on to Kaminga? And do you hold on to all your young guys? And do you just run it back with them? And hope that these guys pan out later on after, you know, Curry and Clay and all these guys head out, which I don't think is going to be the case. I think that the Warriors know this is the last year of their window and they're going to go all in on some role players and assets to, to get that ring. Burks makes a ton of sense there. He's at $10 million price tag. Kaminga's making seven. Moses Moody's making five. So you're not eating up a ton of cap with Alec Burks. You get an offensive scoring threat. You get a shooter. It makes a ton of sense for them. I think when you look at the Warriors, that's your most likely trade target if you're the Pistons. I also have a feeling we're going to see another big trade happen in the next couple hours. I know Dame has been the big name, and I think that's your next name out. Uh, He demanded trade this morning. Something that I I thought he should have done for three years now, but he hasn't. 
which is like shocking to me. Like they they signed Jeremy Grant to all that money, which is just mind boggling to me. And like, did they know this? Did Jeremy Grant know this that Dame was leaving? Now, granted, you're probably going to get this is a package I, I would probably throw out the window is Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, three first and a pick swap. That's a realistic, I, I think, package in a trade like that. But I'm also looking at Miami, and I'm like, if they get Dame, they are the favorites in the East. They're probably the favorites to win it, I would think. If you can find a way to put Jimmy, Dame, and Bam, and keep Bam in this trade... Shit, I think they're my favorites coming into the season to probably win the whole thing. But I'm also looking around the league, and this is some of the things I've seen that like blows my mind. It's the, they paid all that money to Cam, Jeremy, and Coos. Halbury got a ridiculous amount of money. But I'm glad the Pistons aren't doing what Indiana's currently doing, which is just trying to expedite this rebuild too fast. Right? Like, I'm looking at the rebuild that's going on in Indiana, and they haven't even made the playoffs yet, and they're going to throw that much money at Halbert, which I don't have an issue with if you think he's your franchise player. But, I mean, to me, that's a ridiculous amount of money for a one-time All-Star. They went out there and signed Bruce Brown to a ridiculous amount of money. I mean, they spent over $300 million yesterday on free agents. And I'm glad, like, the Pistons aren't in that place where they're trying to just win when they aren't ready to win. Spending $300 million on free agents is absurd to me. When you haven't made the playoffs yet, you've been, you haven't even gotten to the play-in yet, and that's how much money you're going to spend. I know you had to spend on Halliburton at some point. I get it. But that amount of money is crazy to me for a guy who hasn't made the playoffs, for a guy that has done nothing to show me at an NBA level that he's worth over $200 million. Had they throw him like 175, I'd sit here and say nothing because all these other contracts are out of hand. But I would think that Cade's in the same conversation as Halburn, same conversation as Mello. If he makes an all-star game before his contract's up, I think that's his reasonable extension number in 250. That's Cade's market. Call me crazy, that's what's going to happen. These guys are getting a ridiculous amount of money right now that a lot of these guys don't even come close to deserving. Like we're all going to be talking about these three contracts that just got signed between Kuz, JG, and Cam Johnson. We're, we're going to be talking about how bad those extensions are in a couple of years. I'm very glad the Pistons are sitting there letting the market play out itself. And the next year when you have a loaded class, you have 60 mil in the bank. You don't have to. You have Boyan off the books. You have Burks off the books. I know a lot of you guys think Kellyan's getting traded. I, I think Burks is the guy out, but Kellyan will be off the books because I don't think they would extend him in a million years. A lot of these contracts come winding down next year. You're, you're going to extend Stu, obviously, unless you get the right trade package for him at deadline, which you guys have this like thing. These Pistons fans have this little thing that like you want to hold on to Stu, which I 100% like, don't think that's a bad idea. Like It's not. But if you get the right package for him, I don't think you have a choice. You have to flip him. You have to. If there's like some opportunity, let's just say, to grab Zion at that line, you, you have to put Stu in there. I mean, you'd be foolish not to. I'm just looking at the Pistons right now, and the roster is constructed terribly right now. They went from, you know, Weaver's first year having five big men to having like 95 guards right now. And no wings and a bunch of big men. But 
I mean, our starting five, this is your starting five at the start of the year. Ivy K, Harris, because Asar will probably, which I, I think the guy's a scrub, and I don't think he's going to pan out. But if Asar somehow pans out, you know, obviously he takes that job from Joe Harris. But to at least start the season, Joe Harris is your, your small forward. Boyan's your four. Duran's your five. I don't hate it. I, I really don't hate it. I don't love it. There's nothing about that lineup that's like, this is a play-in team material lineup. But the, we'll be talking about them drafting top five again next year. We're going to be talking about them winning less than 25 games this year. You guys need to seriously temper your expectations back. No second-year player. I'm calling Kate a second-year player. This is truly his second season. Unless this guy puts up, like, Devin Booker numbers in second season in the league, this team is not winning more than 25 games. You can't expect a guy like Cade, who's going to be in the basically 2.1, year 2.1, to just come in and do everything for you, to turn this entire ship around. You can't expect Monty Williams to just magically work everything out like that. You're going to see 25 or less wins this year. I guarantee it. They won 17 last year. I think Cade gives you five wins, and I think Monty gives you three. So that puts you at 25 wins next year. And that's, I think, the max they're going to get. I'm not even trying to be a hater or anything. This team is terrible. They, they're full of young cats that like are very good, but no 19-year-old team is going to come out to Staples Center and play the Lakers or the Clippers on a Friday, Saturday, and they're going to beat them. They're just not, it's just not going to happen. You guys, you seriously need to temper your expectations back. Mine are very, very low this year because I'm looking at this team from a basketball perspective and not an emotional perspective, and I really don't like what's sitting in front of me. And another issue I've had throughout this rebuild has been Troy trusts his people way too much. I don't think he really trusts anything, like his gut for real. Look at the guys he's drafted. Look at the guys he's traded for. Asar was drafted because him and Kevin Holly's relationship. When you look at him bringing in Hami, that was one of his guys in OKC that he brought in. We were at a lot of intel with a high school coach of Stu. He listened to Monty, if you read James Edwards' article, he listened to Monty about not bringing in Cam Johnson. He brought in Jeremy Grant because that was his guy in OKC, and he brought in Corey because of his relationship with Dwayne Casey. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say this is a bad thing that he trusts his people too much. I'm just saying that I don't think this guy trusts himself as much as this fan base thinks he does. It seems like every single move he's made has been because of somebody he knows. Every draft pick he's made is because of somebody he knows. Now, do I do I think that this rebuild won't work out? Absolutely. I, I don't think this rebuild's going anywhere. But... That's what's going to end the whole thing here. He has to bring in his own guys. Moving in some Tigers talk. Look, last night was terrible. I'm just saying in the nicest way. It was terrible. They looked terrible. Chase and Shreve looked terrible. Javier Baez with the error looked terrible like normal. I don't think he got hit last night either. Banya actually had a nice... Nice jack last night, but this team needs to get healthy. Plain and simple end of the story. Nobody can stay healthy, and that's what's 
ultimately just going to kill the season again is you never have your guys. I mean, they're just cursed. I'm looking at the Tigers rotation. And next year, I have a little bit of hope they can do a little bit of something if they bring in the right free agents. I'm looking right now at AAA, you got Colt Keith mashing it. Mashing it. He will be up by September. I, I bet you he'll be up September call-ups. So you got Colt Keith coming up next year. I, you probably got Justin Henry Molloy coming up next year. I would think you spend a little bit of money bringing a few free agents here and there. You got Schoolboy, Mize, Green. Manning's already back, but you, you get your rotation. Brisky, you get everybody healthy next year. You have a rotation next year. Of, if you're healthy, Mize, Schoolboy, Manning, I bet they get a free agent and probably resource. Or Bo Brisky. Some, one of those guys will be your fifth pitcher. And I'm looking at that rotation, I'm like, that's actually solid. Like, that's actually, like, in the AL Central, if they don't realign, that's a division-winning rotation next year. Problem is, I mean, Mize hasn't stayed healthy in his career. Scooble hasn't been healthy most of his career. That you're, you're, You have to get a full season out of these guys. That haven't even come close to getting a full season yet. So I'm, I'm looking at the Tigers right now, and I'm like, you know what? They might have a little bit of something going because they're in a terrible division. You're also got to look at, you know, you green back, which in my opinion, he's like the heart and soul of this team. And we saw it last year. He got called up. He juiced up a couple wins because I just think he is that heart and soul of the team. And he, he's gone down. This team has not been the same team since he's gotten hurt. But you get him back next year. Maybe, I, I mean, Austin Meadows, I, I don't know what's going on with him. I don't think he's going to come back. I mean, Torkelson's had some stretches this year where he's looked like he can be good, but then he has these, like, months where he's just terrible. You're like, what is he doing here? I'm looking at our bullpen. You can always grab a few arms at free agency. We've seen it. I'm just looking at our roster next year, and it's, like, 500 roster. They're average. They're a mediocre roster. I don't think there are anything more than three or four wins above 500. Like, I put a cap at 84 wins on them next year. And that could be enough to win the Central, for all we know. Now, granted, have now, I think Sky Harris has a plan. But I know a lot of you guys are, like, screaming about, you know, we need some urgency around here. And I 100% agree with everybody saying there's got to be some urgency to win. Because there is none right now. I mean, they got zero urgency to win games. And I get why you guys are frustrated. I mean, it's been a terrible 10 years or seven years now. There's really not a great product to show for it on the diamond, especially with all the injuries right now. There's really nothing to show for it. But I mean, it was, when this team didn't have Mice and School Bowl, they were one game below 500 before Green got hurt. So I'm just saying that they might have a little bit of something here. Nothing that's going to get you past the first round in the playoffs. In my opinion, I mean, in a sport like baseball, if you're not playing for the World Series, what is the point of even competing? Because, realistically speaking, the Tigers are going to get in and they're going to get bounced in the first round. They're not going anywhere. They're not going to make anything happen in the postseason. Unfortunately, this team is kind of just directionless. Unless they go out there and spend a ton of money. And I think that Scott Harris has a plan. I hope he does. It seems like he does. I mean, I can see some of the things he said in his opening press conference. I see parts of it actually moving. 
which is something that I, I'm giving him a lot of credit for. Like, he, he wanted guys that could command the strike zone. He brought in a waiver wire out McKinstry, who will be here, I think, long term. And, I mean, say what you want about Lorenzen last night. Most of the season, he's commanded the zone well. So I see the vision. I think he has an actual plan in place. He just needs to execute it now. And he needs a checkbook to work with. Because in, in a sport like this, you can't be bottom five payroll, bottom 10 payroll once Maggie's off the books and expect yourself to do anything. And paying guys like Javier Baez, you can't do anything with that. Javier Baez is the epitome of what a Detroit athlete shouldn't be. And I will be the happiest man alive if he finds a way to dump that at deadline. Which, moving into the deadline thing, like I, I'm going to keep reiterating it on here. you got to build for four years, not for the next four months. I mean, you're nine games below 500 right now. You are four games out of the division somehow. Which, we all know they get in, they're going to go play in the wild card round against a team. Let's just say the Yankees or the Astros. They're going to play a top team in baseball. And they're going to get swept. And nothing they can do at deadline will put you anywhere better than a first-round exit. Unless, I mean, unless you go out there and get the best name. Unless you can show Hey Otani, you're really not going anywhere. But I'll be back again Monday. Grant's hopping on. We'll recap the weekend. There'll probably be a Pistons move in between now and Monday. So we'll probably talk about that. See you guys on Monday.